This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Happy Monday, guys. Welcome back to the WOMED. Jack, guess what? What? I officially tested negative today. Oh my gosh, big big day. Big day for Danielle. I know. I can go lick men's faces down on Broadway if Ooh. I wanted, but I won't because that's gross. I'm all for that. Can you please do that? I know, but like Broadway's really gross. I will come to Nashville just but... to watch you lick men's faces. <laughs> okay, done. If you're going to come here, then yes. <laughs> yes. But no, seriously, like I know this this episode actually with Nurse Clara. Woohoo! is not going to come out for like a couple weeks yet. And so, you know, we record these a little bit earlier. But yeah, I feel like after the last, you know, two years that I've done nothing and, you know, I finally got the Omicron, but now I've got those antibodies, Jack, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I am like... Danielle is going to be wild. You got 90 days of antibodies. So what are you going to do? Like, I'm so jealous. I wish I had 90 days of antibodies. Can we can we go on a trip? Like, let's go to Hawaii. Let's go somewhere, you know, somewhere warm. I, I'm not going to lie. And during this, like, quarantine, you know, I've been looking up places. And it's hard. Like, there are there any good girl vacation spots that are everywhere? Yeah. Everywhere. You know, not just for like, but, but that will have like a group of dudes going on oh, vacations I, I too. See you. I see you. We got to get that, those antibodies out and about. I'm trying, I'm still trying to find a husband. Girl, when that, you got, you know, believes, believes in, I don't know. I think the same thing. When I you do. have 90 days of antibodies, <laughs> I would not be worried about a husband. I'd be worried about making up for lost time. This is the new, this is the new 90 day fiance, 90 days of antibodies. <gasps> oh my God. Did you just come up with that? That is incredible. I did. Wow. You're like, that was really good. Is your COVID like brain fog, like starting to come out? Because that was like, it's like, oh, that was super winning. Good for you. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Um, I don't know. Like, I think I think so for the most part. But, you know, obviously, I still kind of have this little congestion and, and cough. But that's just lingering. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I feel more energy today. I feel like each day I keep getting more energy. And that feels great. But we'll do we'll do a whole little COVID episode breakdown. But I'm excited for these antibodies. Maybe the listeners can tell me what I should do with my antibodies. We'll have to post it. Donate blood. We'll have to post on social media and have people like give us some more ideas about what you can do for your 90 days of antibodies. Yes. Maybe we should make a show. That'd be a fun. (laughs) People just going buck wild being stupid. (laughs) I mean, this is the world. So this is what it feels like to be an (laughs) (laughs) anti-vaxxer. To just not give a fuck. Must be nice. Must be nice. Well, I am so happy to finally have Nurse Clara on the WOMED. This has been something I've been, we've been trying to get her on for a while now. And the time you kind of worked out. Well, she is. She just graduated FNP school. Um, She has some exciting, you know, some exciting news that I don't want to spoil. You'll have to tune into this episode to get all of her updates. But Clara is one of those people on that 
I really feel like kind of paved the way for nurse influencers and medical content creators. Mm-hmm. She's like one of the OG content creators. So I was really excited to one, pick her brain, but she has a following and a platform that is just so loyal and because of her integrity and her authenticity. And I was so excited. To- she's so engaging. Like, I know. She's just this like warm light that just attracts people. I mean, she's so intelligent. So just such a good human. And I can I can see why. Like, I mean, like I follow her. I'm a loyal follower. I'm this is. Yeah, I'm so pumped that we finally got her on. You are literally the OG. I feel like you are the OG nurse content creator that has worn so many hats and has you know, really started to build a huge platform for yourself. I mean, when I think about nurse content creators, you're like, you're up there. You're like top one. And an engaged crowd. Like, I mean, that is one thing that I am very grateful for and proud of. My community is like, unlike any other, like they care so much about the moths in my pantry. And like when, you know, the moths, the moths, moths, listen, a whole saga that I will not get into. I think we might need another episode for that. (laughs) Uh, PSA, make sure all your rice and your snacks are all in airtight containers. Do not learn. I mean, actually learn from my mistakes, please. But yeah, (laughs) it's something that I never imagined I would have. Like, you know, when I started out on social media, it never, I never had the intention of growing a platform or like speaking to the masses or like having a voice, but that's the beauty of it, right? Like you don't plan on it, but it kind of like falls in your lap and you're like, okay, now I need to like really work toward it and make sure I'm doing this right. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with y'all because there's no manual, there's no Bible, there's no, you know, like we have hospital policies saying, you know, do this, don't do that, blah, blah, blah. And we're all learning as we go. So I'd love to hear like what you guys think in terms of like, how do we safely navigate social media and like just sharing our lives and like our opinions on social media while also like maintaining a professional background and like being healthcare providers and people who, you know, other people trust. It's been very hard, but I want to hear what you guys think. Um, <laughs> right. Moment of silence. Well, I can I can speak into that a little bit because I mean my platform was handed to me from the bachelor community. And I obviously went right back to work after the show and have continued to work after the show. And I remember like I would see people post, you know, like never like a baby's face, but people would be like, Oh yeah, I work today holding the baby while charting because you know, gotta get those those NAS kids like won't let you get anything done because you got to hold them and get your charting done. Um, and I'm like, ooh, yeah. like, I don't know if we should really be doing that. Granted, there's no patient identifiers in, or anything, but there would also be this huge community that was like, oh, my God, she's a nurse and she's a NICU and everyone wants to know about NICU. Everyone. It's like such a secret little world. You know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you just rock and hold babies. And I'm like, uh-uh, definitely <laughs> not. And so that was something that, like, initially when I was on the show, I was getting a lot of people asking me, you know, I want to be a NICU nurse, too. Like, what insight do you have? What do you have? Like, what can you tell me about this? And, like, literally inundated with messages like that. And 
I would have, you know, like really high risk patients, you know, I'd have CDH, I'd have ECMO, I'd have all these things. And I really wanted to be able to, to share, you know, some of that experience, but you also have to be like, is there patients? This is a real sensitive, traumatic time for a lot of families. And I think I've only shared like a couple of stories, maybe on it because I just really wanted to protect that privacy. But I also wanted people to be like, stop telling me that I just rock babies all day because this is what we deal with. And, you know, I'd make a note on there that I had asked patients, I'd asked like the parents, you know, and, you know, I had any identifying things, but it's a tough world to navigate (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I think it it kind of like opens up this broader question about what is considered professional in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that question has shifted like that, that what is professional now, I think is starting to shift luckily. And obviously this depends on the work environment that you're in. But for example, 10 years ago when I was in nursing school, um, you know, they would always tell you, cover your tattoos, don't have a nose ring. And now that I'm, you know, Clara, you're, you're an FMP officially too. Now that I'm almost, congratulations. Thank you. Now that I'm almost about to graduate as an FMP, I find that when I walk in and see patients as a provider and they can see my tattoos or I throw in a joke or like even a swear word or that I, you know, can bond with a patient and tell them that I take an SSRI certain things that maybe we're told that are not professional, I find actually do the opposite and make you more relatable and can allow you to relate to patients on a more, like they, they don't, I don't think that it changes. And if anything, I think it, I would argue that it makes you a better provider or better healthcare worker, but social media is a different place to navigate, right? It's yeah. Now we have people making TikToks and stuff at work, trying to show, especially with the pandemic, what life's like, you know, or, you know, quick educational little snippets. And I'm just, well, Claire, what do you, what do you think about that? Like nurses making and doctors making things while we're actually at work. You know, there's a lot of people like, oh, nurses just sit on their phones all day. Oh gosh. Don't even get me started on that. I feel (laughs) like we as healthcare providers are also people. We also enjoy entertainment and getting a break from the stress and the pressure that is healthcare. And so I have mixed feelings and I feel like, you know, these opinions will always be changing as the times go on and, you know, the more we deal with as healthcare providers. But I feel like we just have this unique ability to kind of use our credentials, right, to the best of our ability to educate whatever community that we have, whether it be like 100 people or like a million people, like, hey, like I am this person and I also have this background and I have my experiences. I want to share with you like what I think about certain topics. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? Right. And so I feel like it's this unique ability that like we didn't have before. Like if we talk to the older nurses or physicians or any other healthcare provider, like what was, you know, what was it like to educate your community? Well, it would be like joining a group or an organization um, and like going in person and not at literally at the tip of your, or how do you say that? The tip of your finger. I'm like, anyway. Tips of your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> right at your hands, like at a moment's yeah. notice, you could literally share something to thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And especially with like TikTok and Reels and the way that the algorithms are, it's not just your community anymore. It's like, it can be spread like wildfire and it's amazing, but also kind of scary, right? Because you're 
putting yourself out there. And Danielle, I know you know how that's like, like being on TV. It's like your entire life and like your name and your profession and everything's out there and you don't know, you can't necessarily control it. So it's like, how do we make sure that it's taken, you know, correctly and that we still remain professional in a sense, like you said, Jacqueline, like what does being professional even mean? But I love that what you said about like, you know, when you tell your patient about personal experience or when they see your tattoos or when they see your pink or blue hair, they, it makes them relate to you in a personal level. And I feel like that's a relationship that I feel is kind of newer in a sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was such a hierarchy even now, but I feel like we're working on like breaking that down where we want patients to see us in a higher sense, right? Like, oh, we're the educated Mm -hmm. professionals. You need to take us seriously and you need to do everything we're telling you to do. Except now I feel like we're changing that narrative into like, hey, we're people too. And we also take SSRIs and we also struggle with with these things. And I want you to see me as a person and hopefully that'll make you trust us more and mm-hmm. trust us something. Oh my God, that is so difficult recently. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. I mean, I feel like we could go on for hours talking about this. I would love to to know a little bit more because the both of you have such big platforms on social media. And I know that Danielle and I obviously talk a lot about the pros and cons of, of what that means and what that brings into her life. So how do you, yeah, I know she goes back and forth. I don't blame you. I also always make the joke that Danielle's platform, I'm going to piss people off when I say this, that Danielle's platform is a lot of bachelor people that are like anti-vaxxers and like they're finally coming out now. But how do you create space for yourself? Where do you, where is that line where you draw the boundary of this is something that I am personally struggling with or that I'm going through? I know that people can relate to it, but in a sense, I have to also protect my personal well-being, my space. I don't owe my community every single detail of my life, right? Oh, yeah. That is definitely, I think, the hardest part, especially being on social media for more than 10 years now. There's no right or wrong, right? There's no, I should share this and I shouldn't share this. It's all so very personal. And so I definitely deal with the pressure of like, oh, I feel like I owe it to my community to like share this about myself because I feel like one person can learn and that can go very, you know, it it can be an endless um, dilemma. And I think what really helps me is to focus on like the safety of my family, the safety of myself. Um, which you don't really think about when you're like, oh, social media, like everyone shares where they're eating and everyone shares where they were just at on vacation. But it's like the tiny little things, um, like when you're in a specific location, don't share till later and those mm-hmm. things um, that we learn through the process of sharing our lives. So I feel like safety is first and foremost, but also in terms of like my opinion as a professional, how do I word certain things that that it can be taken well, but how do I also kind of avoid like sugarcoating it too much so that Mm -hmm. it's not the whole truth anymore. And so I think it really just depends on the topic and how much I want to share. It really just varies on the topic. Like how do I do this well and well enough, but also not hurt people's feelings. Um, And make a bunch of people and follow you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And as we're learning, right, about like social media, like 
so much of our presence um, determines also a, a separate aspect of our lives, like entrepreneurship and like making an impact. How do we balance that fit that thin line of maintaining our integrity, but also maintaining us like a platform where we can make a difference? Right. Gosh, it's difficult. I feel like everything I say, I'll end with, gosh, it's difficult. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine that like 10 years ago, Nurse Clara knew that you would grow into this like huge platform where you have mentorship and you have brand deals and you have, you know, I think a lot of things that nurses want to know about, like, how did you get here? How did you get from just posting like, you know, regularly on social media to now having a full on business? Yeah, obviously, like 17, no, 16-year-old Clara had no idea. I was merely following, like, fad diets and, like, these, like, bikini pros on Instagram. My Instagram solely existed so that I could document my weight loss. And through that, I learned so much about myself. Like, no, being skinny isn't everything. Um, Diets aren't sustainable or good for you in the long run. Like, so many things that we learned through our teenage years and, like, in my 20s. I would have never expected anything to come from my my platform because it was solely for me. And even now, I think a lot of it is solely for me. Like a, a lot of the posts that I share, they're mostly reminders to myself um, and they happen to reach other people because what I've learned in the past 10 years of being on social media is that we're so much more alike than we think. Like we all struggle through very similar things, though we do come from different backgrounds, but all in all, we want to be happy. We want to be successful. We want to make an impact of some sort. And I think that is what ground, like that keeps me grounded because I'm like, okay, just remember where you were 10 years ago. You were this like high schooler who had no idea who you were. And through these times, like you learn that you can have an impact on one person or 10 people or tens of thousands of people through sharing your life. And though it's, you know, it's humbling. It's also terrifying because it's like, oh, wow, all these strangers know the very intricate details of my life. But it's helped at least one person. And I think that's that's something I'm grateful for. Do you ever feel like the pressure to post about certain things because you do have a platform and like people expect you to, you know, have an opinion, speak out about this topic or this topic or, you know, things that, you know, I mean, like I know personally. I've felt that pressure because the bachelor community is so polarized and, you know, trying to educate, but also a lot of people won't say anything because they're like, no, I don't, I know my following isn't going to like it. And I see you losing thousands of followers. And yeah, absolutely. I feel like, especially during these times, it's like, if you have a platform, you need to say something. And it's, you know, going back with the Black Lives Matters movement too, it's like, if you have a platform, you have a voice and you have the social obligation, I feel, to speak up, it doesn't matter to what extent. I feel like just to even acknowledge something exists and that something is a problem is something that we owe to others. But on that note, it's like, do we really owe anyone anything because we also have to protect ourselves? Again, very fine line of what it's right and what, you know, what we should be doing. But absolutely. I mean, I get DMs all the time about like, even like 
not even like current events, but like something that happened in someone's small town. Why didn't you speak up about this? Well, I, well, no I didn't idea. know about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love it if you educated me and I could take, you know, my time to learn about it and form my own opinion about it instead of taking your opinion and disseminating it to thousands of people and saying, this is my thought and this is my belief. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as that. Right. And Mm -hmm. like we said, like our one sentence and our one opinion can really spread so quickly and also can be misconstrued so vividly. And it's, it's something that I'm learning to balance still because I do feel the social obligation and the responsibility to speak up and use my space and my voice correctly. What do you think about that, Jacqueline? Especially with someone who's so passionate about social justice. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you protect your, you know, mental health and your own boundaries? Yeah. But also speak up and use your platform correctly. Well, I I want to start by saying like just taking a sec to acknowledge that you both do this, I think, beautifully. Like if there were two people that I would kind of like look to and how to kind of navigate this and how to uh, flirt with that boundary of I want to say stick up for what's right and I don't give a shit, but also try to call people in and not say it in a way that is going to um, I don't want to say I don't care about offending people, but I think you both beautifully talk about topics in a way that opens a conversation to not just polarize things, right? And that's a really hard thing to do. And I give you both a round of applause because there's a lot of pressure with the huge platforms that you both have. And every time you speak out about something, I want people to know that for every time you guys speak out about something, you have probably hundreds of DMs of people coming at you, you know, saying horrible things. I know some people get death threats. Like those are not things that you asked for, right? And so- I just want to, you know, thank both of you for using the platforms that you have in that way, because it's easier said than done. I know a lot of people say, oh, you should speak out on this. You should speak out on that. Well, bitch, I have death threats coming in every time I talk about vaccines. So I would love to see you do it. Right. Right. You guys do such a beautiful job. And, you know, the last thing I'll say about that is you guys don't, I don't know when this, when, you know, people that are on social media now are just expected to be experts in everything. Like you're expected Um, to be a political expert. You're expected to be an economic expert. News reporters and stuff. News reporters, right. Yes. At the end of the day, like, no, I'm, you know, I'm in healthcare. I believe in social justice. You know, you'll stick up for things that you believe in, but you also don't need to be an expert on literally everything on the face of the earth. So just remember that, Um, you know, I think with the platform with, with riot healers that I've created, (laughs) it's funny because in a way, I think that I created riot healers as a, a a method to kind of get what I value and what I believe in and kind of relay it in a message of art and in graphic design. And in a way of almost, I don't want to say hiding behind it, but I do in a sense, feel this comfort in creating a design and putting it out there because it's not necessarily me you know, in front of the camera, I'm still getting more comfortable going out there and saying X, Y, and Z, but there is a comfort in creating art and creating graphic designs and pushing those out there as a way to relay the messages of the the values that I have. But social justice is something that has been really, I think, integral in my work as a nurse for the last like decade or so. And I think with the pandemic, there was this, um, I love the word they use of this responsibility of, hey, nurses are dying there this is not like a a joking matter this is not like a just a social media thing like nurses are actually dying um healthcare workers are dying 
people need to get vaccinated. Like it's, it was almost like to me, like there's not a choice anymore. Like we have to get out there and we have to push these messages. We have to continue these conversations. And it's come to the point now where like with TikTok and things like that, like I'll get these crazy anti-vax DMs or these crazy anti-vax comments. And I'll just laugh. Like you have to get to a point where you're just like, I don't fucking care what you have to say. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, when I get DMs saying like, well, you say you care. Why aren't you talking about this? Or like, oh, I you you talked about this. Why aren't you talking about this? Well, people don't realize that we're people and we're human beings and we need time. And and you know what? Sometimes I don't want to talk about certain things because it either brings up my own traumas or like my own triggers, or it may trigger way more people than it actually reaches. Or you just can't expect so much from other people I think right and as sad as that sounds it's like I'm sorry I'm not going to give you that because I don't need to and that boundary is so freaking hard because it's like well I feel like I owe my community this because they watch my stories they like buy the stuff that I promote you know it's like it feels like a it feels like it should be a balanced relationship and it is but you also have to value your own time and your own mental health because gosh I mean the death threats. I mean, I haven't personally gotten one, but like someone's messaged my husband saying, you know, criticizing him for whatever he's done, which is like, what? Like he doesn't share anything. What are you criticizing him for? And I think it was that point where I was like, no, this is not happening. Like when I say no, it's no. And I'm not going to go back and forth about you should share this. You should share that because everyone else is. And also that, you know, reminds me like, there's so many topics that, I feel like people who aren't in the medical influencer community that think that it's easy to talk about just because someone else is like, let's say like Nurse Blake or Katie Duke or Danielle or Jacqueline are talking about these things. Why isn't this other person talking about it? Well, what does it mean if we just hop on something without interrogating it ourselves Mm -hmm. and looking beyond, you know, what's popular to talk about right now and doing our own research and, you know, creating our own opinions about something before we talk to our own communities like what do you guys think about that i completely agree because then it becomes performative right like you're just talking about something that you don't really know exactly what you're talking about um you haven't taken that time to sit with it and see how that feels like within you you know different like political matters race matters stuff like that you got to deal with your own shit before you can like speak into something. And I think there was a lot of, and I, I was probably on this train too of, you know, well, why aren't you talking about it? Like you should be talking about it, you know, and these movements really started happening more in like 2019, 2020 and with the pandemic. And I've really had to work on myself more about like, the calling people into the conversations and hearing more sides not not like there's more sides to like racism or like vaccines you know like you should you should get them but you know some people need more time to process that and deal with their own internal biases and work through those before they can speak into them more I don't know does that does that make sense like, yes. I, I think I've been part of the problem and tried to be, and I'm trying to be more of the solution. Yeah. I love that. 
like really stood out to me recently, which absolutely blew up on social media, right, was the the AHA and the CDC when they changed the guidelines of the five days um, healthcare workers can go back with COVID. And I totally fell in with everyone else where I, you know, of course, like was upset and frustrated. And so I, you know, kind of made the mistake of I went with, I wouldn't say it's a mistake, but I went with everyone else and I started creating these memes and creating these like graphics and creating these reels, like joking about it as a way, of course, to like process and laugh. And then I saw a post from Tiffany behind, she's behind New Nurse Academy, the account New Nurse Academy. She puts out incredible content for nurses. And it was kind of calling out everyone that's making these memes and almost in a way trauma bonding over what we're going through and seeing these, you know, like, hey guys, I know you're making all these memes and this is great, but let's do something about it. Like, what are you actually going to do? Are, is you making these memes and sharing these memes going to make any changes that are going to actually help people? Or are you all just like joking about it behind your phones? And I was like, oh shit, I am, you know, mm-hmm. like, what can we do? And that's why, you know, social media is great. And that's why I love organizations like Impact and Healthcare. I know they just put out that huge petition to, they've, they're going for half a million signatures for mm-hmm. um, on change. Nurse Blake was posting about that too. Yeah. Right. So that's incredible. These organizations that are actually um, following up with action. And I think mm-hmm. that that's where we can really learn and kind of put our efforts to actually make change because I am totally guilty of this where I'll just see something and be like, oh yeah, fuck that. Let me make a funny graphic about that or a funny TikTok. And then I'll have right. to take a second and be like, wait, <laughs> what, what are we, we actually, actually going to do about this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's so easy to hop on like whatever is viral, really, right? Like virality has become something that's like so honestly tangible. If you're on social media and you have any kind of platform, you're like, oh, like if I say this or if I make a reel of this and I could go viral. And, you know, I think the intention is great of like, if I get this attention, then I can direct it in a way that makes change. But I think it's so important that we just sit back and like, first of all, think of our own beliefs and, you know, does this topic really resonate with my beliefs and do we align and do I really understand what the hell is going on before I make a real or TikTok that can go viral and then lead to so many other things. Mm. It's very easy to be on social media and be topical, I think, because you can do something crazy and like unique and be picked up and be like, oh, this person's doing something that no one else has. Oh, we should be focusing on this person. But I think there's a lack of integrity in a lot of um, social media, a lot of clickbaity stuff, a lot of performative actions, like you Mm -hmm. said. And it's like, how do we, how do we actually provide good patient education and build community and build this loyal community that really trusts what I have to say instead of trusting that I'll make a funny TikTok, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Clara, I know that a lot of like nursing, there's a lot of people that kind of look at you as honestly a gold standard in in creating this platform and how to do it. And you are, I mean, we have you here and I know that your followers and um, a lot of, you know, it's, it's starting to become more popular where nurses want to get into this space and create content, create education, create a platform Mm -hmm. for themselves. What are some pieces of advice for people just kind of like starting, just starting out? Like, what are some things that you wish you could have told yourself? The biggest piece, I think, is to stay true to yourself and your values. And also remember that you are ever-changing and your values can change. Your beliefs can change and grow. No one's expecting you to be the same exact person as you were 10 years ago. That's, that's just the truth. 
But if you're chasing fame or virality or, you know, being popular, it's not going to work out because then you lose sight of what your why is and why you're doing even the thing that you're doing. And you can have all the money in the world and you can have all the followers, but if you're not relatable and if you're not a real person that people can, you know, relate to and vibe with and just even like understand, then it's not going to work out because then you are promoting things that you don't believe in and you're sharing products that you never use and like just to earn a buck, like it doesn't make sense. And I think that integrity is really hard to come across. And so the biggest thing is to stay true to yourself, know who you are. And I mean, know who you are, like identity, something that like is an ever growing, like ever changing journey, right? Like how that's not easy by any means, but just stay focused on what you believe in. And, you know, I think once you're sure of who you are and what you want to do with any kind of platform, the partnerships that you have and the relationships that you build with brands and companies come so organically. And it's easier to say no. And it's easier to say yes when you know who you are and what you believe in. Well, I think that speaks enormously to this incredible opportunity that you have working with Clove. Claire, you have your yeah. own shoe coming out. Like that's that's so congratulations. We <laughs> are clapping you. in here. That is so cool. Thank you. And just reading through your project and stuff with um with Clove, it's like, my God, like that relationship just seems there's just such a big mutual respect with like what you're doing in in the company. So absolutely. And it's not something easy to come across, I think. You know, nurse influencers or healthcare influencers are often seen in a bad light, right? Especially like you said, Danielle earlier, like with nurses and healthcare providers making TikToks at work and whatever, how do we define professionalism and how do we trust people with educational backgrounds that have prepared them to speak on certain issues and um, provide evidence-based care. But also how do we manage, you know, using these influencers to promote an item or a product or a brand? How do we do that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm figuring it out. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to seem like I'm doing this for money because I mean, there are many things that are easier to do for money. <laughs> I mean, how? Seriously. Like, if I were to want to make money, listen, I would have an OnlyFans. I would sell pictures of my feet. <laughs> I mean... You sure shit wouldn't go into nursing. <laughs> right. We're, we're right. starting a WOMED foot page. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. No, but really, like, we could do so many things if we were to want to make money, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, like we wouldn't put our lives out there and like possibly our lives call at risk. Yeah. Like, but, you know, working with a brand like Clove has been so, I love the top, the topic change of 
feet pics to <laughs> working with an amazing brand. An ongoing joke here, and it just it like, landed perfectly oh, with, with your yeah. shoes. It is, with feet pics. I mean, yeah, I mean, and those beautiful feet go into these amazing clothes. Exactly. I mean, working with this brand has been amazing because I'm really honored to say I'm a founding member of their Clove Collective, which is a community group of other healthcare professionals like um, physical therapists, pharmacists, um, I mean, you name it. And what's really cool about the Clove Collective is that it's a give back program. So every time someone uses a collective member's code, like mine is um, Clove Clara, we gain commission. We're totally transparent about that. And then Clove matches that commission to give back to um, a different charitable organization, um, depending on the quarter. And oh, so, cool. um, yeah. And so the last um, organization we worked with was um, Philly Fight. Um, I think you're aware of what mm-hmm. um, Philly Fight does, Jacqueline. Yeah. But they promote great, safe, inclusive care for the LGBTQ plus community in the Philly area. And it's just, I mean, it's just so touching that a brand even cares about like giving back to the community. And for a startup to do that so well and so organically and also bring in influencers to make an impact in the way that we sell shoes is like just, I think, just life-changing. And I'm just so honored to be a part of their story. I mean, this shoe has been a year in the making and this relationship has been two plus years in the making. And it's really crazy to think that I was there in the beginning because I never thought of myself being someone who was a part of something bigger, which is kind of wild to think about because I have this platform, but I never really thought of myself as being someone who could start something big and that impacts change and that I would leave a legacy and they're allowing me to do that. And when you said mutual respect, I, I totally affirm that because they're never like, hey, we're going to slap your name onto the shoe and just sell it and just make money off of it. No, they listened to my pitch. Like we had a meeting and I created a pitch deck and I said, this is what I want to do. It's not going to be just the shoe. It's going to be an homage to my upbringing. We're going to bring in elements of my South Korean background and how difficult it was to be a first generation immigrant in this country. And I also want to remind my fellow healthcare providers that through wearing these shoes and looking at the beautiful, like subtle mauve tones and the pink tones and the femininity in the shoe, that through the very difficult two years and the tumultuous and very traumatizing past two years, maybe we can look at the shoe and think, you know, there's still peace in this. There's still the reminder of why we're even doing this in the first place. Even as so many of us nurses leave the bedside and leave the profession, may we remember why we even started this in the first place, right? So, I mean, they really allowed me to pour myself into the shoe and just heard what I had to say. Like, I honestly, in the beginning thought, okay, like I'm going to pick the colors I like. And like, maybe they'll like say, okay, let's do it. And put my name on the shoe and it'll be easy. No, we had meetings like, Every two to three weeks, every little detail was like pondered upon. Like we went back and forth, talked about, but will what will this color mean to your community? What will this design element, like this embroidery um, mean to your community? Like on the back of the heel of the shoe, there's um, a flower called the Mugunha, which is the Rose of Sharon. 
It's the South Korean national flower. And the South Korean people hold it to such a high respect. And we use it in our governmental um, logos and like the police logos. And it's just everywhere. And it's just a beautiful reminder to be resilient through whatever we go through. For example, for the South Korean people, it's a reminder that we um, survived Japanese colonialism and the Korean War. And the Rose of Sharon blooms despite very torturous times. And I hope that, you know, when we wear them, we are reminded that even through these times, these very difficult times that we that challenged us to our core, that we remember to be resilient and that, you know, with every step in the Clara Wands, that we can get through it because we've gone through like a lot worse. And hopefully we can just talk about these times and just smile and, you know, think we really made it, you know? Um, and gosh, I mean, I get emotional thinking about it because it's so much more than a shoe and it's a great freaking shoe too. Like, holy shit. It's beautiful. Um, they're squeak free now. They add an inch to my height. I mean, come on now. <laughs> um, and you and can they, clean them. Oh my gosh. From heel to toe, you just wipe it with a sandy wipe or a cavi wipe and it's brand new. And they also remind you that, like, you're way more than a healthcare provider. Like, you're not just a nurse. You're not just a PT or pharmacist or CNA. You're much more than that. You're your own person. Your identity is beyond your career. And you should also remember, like, where you came from, like, who brought you here, like, how you even got to this place. So, I mean, before I start crying, like, <laughs> I mean... It's it's been beautiful, and I'm really grateful that you guys are allowing allowing me to talk about this. Yeah. They have been an amazing brand, and I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on them. Oh, I'm excited. I was going to say, um, the, the shoes, I've seen a photo, are absolutely stunning. Are there any other details or anything else that we can look out for on the shoe that really yeah. are just really meaningful? When tell do us they come more. out? Yeah, tell us everything. So they are available February 9th, and... I mean, I will cry when I see pictures of you all wearing them. Like, it's going to make me so emotional. It's a first of its kind. So it's lace-free. It has a, an elastic banding, so you don't have to lace. You just slip them on and you're ready to go because we have way more important things to worry about. They are beautiful. I mean, they're comfortable. They wrap around your feet like no other. You slip them right off. You can wear them to the gym, to hot yoga, to the grocery store. I wear them at the driving range when I practice golf. And <laughs> they're an all-around shoe. You can wear them with jeans. Um, and most of all, they are so comfortable. Um, they will last you through a 12-hour shift or more. Um, and Jacqueline, you can attest to that. They are so comfy. And they have so many colorways, but the Clara one are a limited edition. So I really hope that you can get your hands on them before they sell out. But but they are the Clara one, which means there can be a Clara two or a three Ooh. or a 50. <laughs> so, yeah. Love this. Oh, yeah. Clara. The shoe is also a reminder of my Korean upbringing and... Oh, the very difficult journey that was to be an immigrant in the U.S. And it just reminded me, you know, that no matter where I am in life, no matter like what accomplishments I have or whatever job title that I have in the future, it's all because of the mentors that I found um, in my Asian American community. And that's why it's so important for me to give back in terms of mentorship 
with the Asian Care Unit. It's an organization that I found. It's basically a space where Asian American and Pacific Islander healthcare workers can come and just kind of like share our stories and just like confide in each other and how our experiences are way more similar than we could have imagined. Oftentimes I feel like members of my minority groups feel so alone because the majority doesn't quite understand our experiences. But when we confide in each other and we share our lived experiences, it's like, oh my gosh, you went through that too. So did I. Like you were made fun of for bringing like a certain dish to the break room. So was I. But like now it's popular and like we can talk about like kimchi and sushi and curry and all these things. And just hearing these stories of other Asian American, um, not just Asian American too, we have Asian Canadians and Asian Europeans. And it's crazy because we have so much in common and I don't know where the ACU will take me, but I'm just so grateful that there's even a space where healthcare providers, especially with the pandemic, we can talk about how our upbringings affect the way we relate to each other and the way that we um, impact our communities and serve our patients because we have a unique upbringing. We, you know, bring together Western and Eastern medicine and what we were taught as children is like becoming cool now, like acupuncture and acutherapy and acupressure. Like, oh my gosh, I would be terrified if, I would have been terrified as a high schooler if someone asked me like, ooh, do you get acupuncture? Like, do your parents know about acupressure? It's like, yeah, but like, are you going to judge me for like having these like bruises on my back because it looks like my parents like abused me where, where like now it's cool and like these influencers go and get acupuncture and acupressure it's a wide range of what we talk about at the ACU, and I'm grateful for the space because we get each other in a different sense. So um, you can find us um, on Instagram and on Facebook and yeah, come for community empowerment and education and mentorship. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today and sharing your heart and like your passions and stuff with the WOMED community. And I I can't wait to see what you do. Like, <laughs> just you. I was gonna say, shoe and beyond. What is, what else is coming up for you? Obviously, you just graduated, but tell us what else is coming. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the shoe is like one of its kind. It's it's the first of its kind, really, for a healthcare worker. I think to kind of collaborate with a brand in this way. But what else is what else is coming up for Clara? Are you going to be nurse practitioner, Clara? On Instagram? I am. Oh Yay! my gosh. So you guys are actually the first people to know in the Instagram community. I just accepted a gynecology nurse practitioner position whoop, whoop. and I will be serving the Atlanta area. And I'm so excited to be using my experience in women's health, but really kind of turning it in a way to provide inclusive and affirming care to also the LGBTQ plus community. My last practicum rotation really taught me the absolute lack of resources and providers who care for those communities. And I mean, you would have no idea how long people go without pap smears and um, cervical cancer screening and breast exams. And it can be very, very bad. It's And it's because there aren't inclusive providers who care and who even know how to address patients correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm also excited to use my platform in a little different way to provide a little more education. I think as a nurse, I was kind of scared to do so. Not because I felt like I didn't know enough. There's always more to be learned and shared. But I think in this role, I will feel really empowered to just be confident in what I'm sharing. And I'm just really excited to address my community in a different way. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I 
I have more authority in this sense, in the sense that I can really use my experiences in a different way. And my gosh, I can't wait to take you guys along with me. I mean, gynecology is something I feel like people are you know, scared to talk about because of the societal taboos and, you know, don't talk about this, don't talk about that. We expect people with vaginas and services to, you know, be like perfect and like saints and not talk about those things. And like, I can't wait. I mean, that's another topic, right? But thank you guys for having me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I also hope to be a size inclusive provider as well, especially as someone who has experienced, you know, disordered eating and orthorexia and just my personal um, experience with that. I think, you know, with going to your PCP or like your OB or your GYN, a lot of people are scared to hop on the scale and talk about weight and how that affects our health. And I know you guys just did an amazing episode with Dr. Danielle and loved listening to that. But um, thank you guys for having me on. I can't wait. And this has been so much fun. And y'all are amazing. I can't believe I can say that I know you guys and I spoke with you guys and had this conversation. The feeling is very mutual. Very. You are so magnetic. Like I, you just draw people in. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I feel like I've been rambling. So that means a lot. (laughs) No. What a freaking boss. Uh, I know. She's just, besides being this entrepreneur, content creator extraordinaire, I always like like to remind, you know, our listeners and people that are in this like follow people in the medical influencing space that, you know, Clara also is, has been an L&D nurse for years and now is working as a mm-hmm. FMP in, in gynae. It's like, the, the work that she's doing every single day to provide equitable care, like far to me, in my opinion, I know for her too, like far surpasses anything that is translated on social media. So just shout out to Clara and all the healthcare workers mm-hmm. out there listening that are just doing badass fucking work day in and day out out there. Hell yeah. If you are not already following Nurse Clara, make sure you follow her on Instagram at Nurse Clara. You can also follow along with the Asian Care Unit at the Asian Care Unit and make sure um, to find her new shoes because I know Jack and I are going to get some at Go Clove because they are launching this week and available for purchase. Want early access to shop the limited edition Clara Ones? Sign up to be a Clove Insider at goclove.com. That's G-O-C-L-O-V-E dot com. As always, you know, Download, share an episode. If you like it, you think someone else will benefit from it, send it along to a friend. We appreciate it and love it. And we care about all of you. So, yes. Thank you so much. Your support means the world. Womed out. Mm-hmm.